G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, always like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby and update on what's happening, the very, very latest, on the political agenda that's shaping our nation. Dan Flynn is the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, back with us today. Hello Dan, a special welcome back to 2020. Yeah, and welcome back to you as well, Neil. Thank you so much. Hey, Dan, let's keep the focus on religious freedoms today because, in my understanding, as early as one week from today, or at least early next year, next week, the possibility of the freedoms legislation could be introduced into our parliament. What's your thoughts on updated possibilities there? Look, I think that was the original intention uh, of the the government of the Attorney General to have uh, something to put before the Parliament uh, on the week of the 22nd of July. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's hit some significant roadblocks. Uh, there has been a uh, petition uh, launched by Senator uh, Connie Ferrivanti-Wells, uh, which is seeking a Religious Freedom Act. What's on offer by the government is a Religious Discrimination Act, and there are concerns uh, expressed by that senator and others, that that's just simply inadequate to provide any relevant protection. Uh, that message has been heard loud and clear by the Attorney-General. A series of workshops among backbenchers have started to um, you know, try and see if we can get everybody on the same page with his approach, uh, but that's gonna need, that, that will result in delays. And that's a good thing, in my view, Neil, because uh, the, the rights of uh, people of faith to express their views uh, needs to be properly enshrined in legislation. Dan, let's just uh, see if we can get some clarity here for a moment because, uh, as you say, the Attorney-General's been working with possible changes to the Religious Discrimination Act, and now there's this push for a Religious Freedom Act, and uh, perhaps it's only by some sectors of the coalition, but uh, there's got to be some differences there that we might be able to understand. How do you d- describe that to, to people when uh, you're talking to them in this sort of conversation? Well, a Religious Discrimination Act would simply list uh, religion as a protected attribute uh, in relation to the provision of services, employment, etc., etc., and that will sit alongside um, a number of other protected attributes, such as sexual orientation, um, sexual identity, um, and that there'd be no guidance in that as to what would happen if there was any clash uh, between rights. And um, one would assume the status quo would apply, and that is that if somebody offends somebody on the basis of an LGBTI uh, identity, um, they, are, they are going to come last in any... Uh, you know, allocation of rights. So um, it, if what was on offer by the Attorney-General, and I haven't yet seen it, but if what is on offer is merely creating a protected attribute of religion, uh, it will be merely window dressing. And I think a number of uh, members of Parliament and uh, Christian 
uh, advocacy groups are onto this, um, and they want something that will provide protection for someone or a school or a person or Israel Palau to manifest his religious beliefs in public without a penalty of being fired or, um, you know, dismissed from employment. That's the sort of protection that's sought by a Religious Freedom Act. Look, it all sounds very... Um, as though, the, as though religious people are seeking some particular rights uh, over and above other people, but it's simply not so. Um, it's a Christian school uh, or church would not be allowed to teach, for example, that homosexuality is sin unless proper religious freedom legislation um, is enacted. So this idea of a positive affirmation of religious freedom, I mean, uh, one of those, the uh, Religious Discrimination Act, uh, just plays around the edges with the current legislation, but a Religious Freedom Act would be something that would be new and would actually push for a positive affirmation of religious freedom. Do you think there's a real uh, benefit in that? Uh, look, I think there is, um, because... Um, all it would seek to do is to enshrine Article 18 of the United Nations uh, Charter that Australia has signed up to. Um, and that charter, uh, quite un- uncontroversially, allows everybody the right to freedom of thought, conscience and religion, and either alone or in community, to manifest that religion uh, in teaching, worship or observation. So uh, there's a concern that... Um, what would be legislated for in a Religious Discrimination Act uh, would be um, that your beliefs would be protected and that you couldn't be dismissed uh, or have adverse action taken against you for your beliefs. But if you speak your beliefs or or, um, publish your beliefs, uh, there'd be no protection. Uh, And that's why, um, you know, a number of members of parliament, a number of backbenchers are holding out for a Religious Freedom Act. Or it may be a Religious Discrimination Act with a number of enhancements to provide this level of freedom. Um, You know, this is an international push uh, that's coming on here. Uh, I note that there's a bill or a motion uh, in California at the moment um, where a number of lawmakers are calling on uh, councils and pastors to stop labelling homosexuality as sin, saying that's harmful and unethical. So there's a push to make that law in California, and uh, that's really, I think, part of what's uh, under debate here in Australia, uh, quite strangely, and um, that's why Israel Palau is the case in point, because effectively what he did was say homosexuality is sin, and he said it publicly, uh, and uh, it's... It's that that the LGBTI advocates advocates are coming after and don't want you, uh, me or our school uh, or church to teach that. And if you take that to the nth degree, uh, the challenges there are, you know, somehow rather outlawing the Bible even. But let's just stay with this Religious Freedom Act idea for a few moments because this is obviously... I think we might have lost our guest... Dan Flynn, we've uh, lost Dan. We'll try and get Dan back because uh, we want to continue this uh, this whole focus of uh, getting an idea about this Religious Freedom Act. Uh, of course, uh, in 
contrast to the idea of Religious Discrimination Act. And I note that Senator Conchetta Firavanti-Wells, uh, that Dan mentioned, uh, is even warning that there may be a voter backlash uh, if the Parliament doesn't legislate sweeping protections for religious believers. Uh, we've got Dan back. We've got you there, have we, Dan? Uh, yes. <laughs> Good. OK, I don't know what happened there. Uh, just uh, picking up on that, Senator Conchetta Firavanti-Wells uh, warning that there'll be a voter backlash if the Parliament doesn't get these changes right. Uh, and I guess that comes down to every voting individual, uh, the quiet Australians, those Christian believers who are interested in religious freedom. What are your thoughts for uh, uh, for whether there is the strength there to expect the government to actually legislate uh, so that there is a positive affirmation of religious freedom? Um, I was speaking with um, Senator Ferrivanti Wells last week. She's very passionate about this and um, understands that people right across the country are uh, she's launched a petition uh, which she proposes to file in the Senate uh, seeking these positive protections. And that uh, petition is going particularly well. I don't know the numbers, but uh, when that is tabled, it'll be tabled by postcode, by electorate, uh, so that um, uh, members of the coalition who are designing this bill will be aware just what concern there is and in what electorates uh, this concern is. Um, I think she's right to pick up on the fact that uh, highly uh, religious areas, be they Christian, um, Muslim, um, very you know ethically diverse areas, uh, swung towards the coalition uh, in the last election, um, fueled by a concern about religious freedom, um, uh, with their eyes open to Israel Folau's position. So, um, uh, Senator Firavanti Wells is onto something here in public sentiment. And uh, she's identified a, a, a voter backlash, and I think it would be fair to say uh, that the coalition have responded with these uh, workshops among backbenchers uh, to um, see how such a bill may be designed. Um, certainly the Attorney-General is out talking to people, is out listening to members of Parliament, and um, you know, I certainly attribute good faith to him that he is listening to these concerns and will take them on board in the ultimate design of this legislation. Dan, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison's pledged bipartisan approach to religious freedom. Uh, I wonder whether you've got some thoughts on whether that's even possible. Uh, would the Labor Party here all of a sudden uh, come together with the coalition and uh, do something in a bipartisan approach, or, or do you think that's an impossibility? The bipartisan approach is unlikely, you're unlikely to get anything that's meaningful for communities of faith on a bipartisan approach uh, because um, Labor is uh, guided on these things and has been historically by the LGBTI community. So if it upsets the LGBTI community, uh, if it's seen to enhance religious freedom, it's unlikely that uh, the Labor Party will support it. Now, um, Anthony Albanese, he's concerned about the loss of the religious vote in, in uh, Western Sydney, uh, maybe, the, maybe there will be a glimmer of hope here. But um, I think that uh, bipartisan support for something that um, is along the lines that uh, Senator Piravanti-Wells is seeking uh, is most unlikely. Um, I think this is a way of the Prime Minister um, seeking you know, harmony and unity on the issue. 
Um, I do think it'll be hard to achieve in a bipartisan sense, uh, given the issues that are at stake. As you say, Senator Firavanti-Wells, touching on something which really has a lot of community sentiment behind it, and uh, I reflect on a recent poll, uh, the Essential Poll, that suggests that Australians are actually reluctant to codify freedom of religious expression. What are your thoughts on what you've been gleaning from a public sense of of what you think ought to happen? Look, I don't think the public are well engaged in this, um, and so it's a longer journey, and and thankfully the bill's not going to be tabled on the 22nd of July uh, because the backbenchers haven't even seen the bill yet. Uh, The opposition hasn't seen the bill um, you know, I understand it's had over 50 drafts, but, you know, never been um, seen by most members of Parliament. So um, the community has not started their engagement, uh, and this process could well take 12 months or more, um, and that won't be bad if it does take that long. Uh, the, you know, the, the most important thing uh, is to get it right. And, uh, you know, there'll be one shot at this. Um, uh, Prime Minister Morrison is doing an excellent job uh, creating unity around this issue, being uh, clear about his own faith. And I think the way he spoke at Hillsong uh, last week indicated that, that he is demonstrating a freedom to express his religious belief. Uh, and, um, you know, he's demonstrating by that uh, that these, relig- these freedoms should be um, uh, enshrined in law. And I think also his point is that they ought to be enshrined in culture people should be free to speak and he's got a great point there that legislation will only take you so far but the prevailing culture must allow for religion to be expressed uh, or you know the laws really are not going to provide much assistance they'll be watered down eventually uh, if the culture doesn't allow such um, religious expression. So as you say don't expect any quick resolution to this and uh, you mentioned that it could take as long as 12 months so there's a big debate ahead and at that point you might might imagine uh, that if we're talking a a long process that every Australian might be much more aware of the issues about religious freedom. I imagine and uh, from your point of view at the Australian Christian Lobby that actually creates a major opportunity Dan. Uh, Is this good news that things could drag on, or is it something you know? Some people will say, "Oh, which just we should go away and re- resolve it quickly." But there is a sense here in which uh, you know, we make hay while the sun shines. While the headlines are there, it's a good thing to be talking about Christian expressions of freedom. Look, it's a good thing for people in their homes and communities uh, to go and see the member of parliament about, and to tell them what is resonating around the kitchen table. Um, that. Um, you know, you might say, look, I'm concerned to a member of parliament, I'm concerned about my right to take my child out of a, um, a classroom teaching, uh, telling my child uh, that their gender could be on a spectrum. I wish my child to be withdrawn from that class because it, it uh, conflicts with my religion. That's a right that I see. So people in the time that we have should be having those conversations with their members of parliament They don't need to be fancy advocates. They just need to be um, electors uh, who express these concerns. You know, I work at a certain department store in Melbourne. I'm concerned that if I say I'm a Christian um, and I have traditional views, uh, that I'll get sacked. These um, concerns need to be drilled into parliamentarians' minds so that when they 
arrive in Canberra, both in the um, Coalition Party room and in the in the Labor Party room, um, uh, the cabinet, the leaders are hearing what, what's resonating in the electorate. So this is a great opportunity for um, just mums and dads, um, single people, anybody concerned about religion to go and express what's perhaps the one thing that concerns them. Um, and that is, the, is how we can make use of this opportunity. And no doubt, as the debate continues, and as you say, as this won't be a quickly resolved process, uh, we'll continue to keep up to date with those things and new developments and uh, discussions around this whole issue of religious freedom. And Dan Flynn, just honour to you and to the team at the Australian Christian Lobby, and uh, we didn't get time a lot today to talk about what's happening with Israel Folau. I know there are developments that are going on all the time there, and uh, just uh, the fact that that's running parallel to the government discussing our religious freedom clearly uh, makes uh, these things come into a little more clarity. But Dan Flynn is the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. I'll point listeners to the website acl.org.au. Dan, thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.